Blitz is defined as a sudden savage attack. It is indeed all this. The effect is sure. The premise is simple. It's a basic, primal confrontation, man to man. No excuses are offered. None except. Welcome to the latest edition of Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Looks like a radio station. Now, here are your hosts, lifetime Longhorn Rod Babers. Pure athlete, yeah. I transcend race, hombre. Matt Butler. I don't talk <laughs> man. I back it up. And we are chock full of that, man. Damn right. And Jeff Howe. It's still real to me, damn it. <laughs> and that's the bottom line. Because Stone Cold said so. If you're going to blitz, come strong. But don't come at all. Coming strong with another edition of Longhorn Blitz with Horns 24-7. I am Jeff Howe, and just when I thought we were going to come in here and have a good show, just kind of recapping the Texas Tech win and talk about maybe bowl projections, Black Sunday struck the 40 acres and blew our plans straight to Hades. <laughs> we got staff changes, we got big staff changes, and we're going to talk about it on this week's show. Before we do that, let me bring in the rest of the team. He is the master of the soundboard, the drop machine extraordinaire, Matt Butler. How are you, sir? Doing pretty well. How about yourself? How the Thanksgiving extravaganza go at, at the Butler household? Oh, fried it turkeys, good. man. Yeah, good, no, good. good early morning breakfast of turkey, and then ended it with a lot of football throughout the day. You'd be happy to know, Matt, my brother did a fried turkey Ooh. this year, and without, without my suggestion... Followed the the Butler secret, which you use the Creole butter for yes, your sir. injection. It was a some very nice uh, fried yard bird. Oh, delicious, nice. House. Yeah, you uh, can't go back to regular yard bird. You can't fried yard bird. I tried can't. it this year and it was terrible. <laughs> regular, it is weird, sucks. man. It's crazy. It changes Oven baked turkeys life. suck. Yeah, dry. They're terrible. They're yeah. horrible. You it totally reminds to me it. of the Christmas story. Whenever oh, they like open really up. Bad. A Christmas vacation? Yes. Yeah. That it's, too. It's not just any, it's everybody's turkey. If it's cooked regular in the oven, it's a bad turkey. You yep. got to smoke that thing. Smoke it or fry it. You got to fry it. You got to do something freaky mm-hmm. to it. Yeah. Uh, a man who is a yard bird connoisseur. That's why he can talk about such things. Lifetime Longhorn 2002 UT All-America 2002 semifinalist for the Jim Thorpe Award. Fourth round draft choice of the New York Giants in 2003. Spent his NFL career with the Giants, Lions, Bears, Bucks, Broncos, and a year with the Hamilton Tiger Cats in the CFL. When he was done with football, got himself back to Austin, Texas and the 40 acres where he earned his degree. Whatever that T-ring comes in, I'll make sure he wears it proudly. <laughs> Nevertheless, he's a card-carrying member of DBU, and when you get that All-American honor recognized by the NCAA, they give you that black card. Number 21 in your program, number one in your hearts, Mr. Rod Babers. Thanks for the intro, brother. And, Rod, let's go ahead and start with uh, something beat around the bush. The big news yeah. comes down Sunday. Uh, Todd Orlando fired. Done. Out. After three seasons at the end of the regular season. Yeah, we've been there before. Seems like a cycle that uh, we've been going through for the last 10 years. I had to double do a double take and go back and look to make sure I was right. Do you, do you know the last Texas defensive coordinator who got a fourth year on the job? Oh, either by, either by his own choice or by the choice of his boss. Probably Bull Reese. Carl Bull Reese. Yeah, no, no, that was a lot. I mean, a long time. We've been going through this defensive issues for a little while, but it's just, yeah. Greg Robinson took a head coaching job after yeah. a year. Gene Chizik took one after two Those years. Those were good problems to have. Muschamp took DCs. one after three years, yeah. and then you've got Manny Diaz. Yeah, this is, this is attrition mm-hmm. more so than guys leaving for you know better jobs, upgrading yeah. like now. Uh, so yeah. along with Todd Orlando being out, Drew Maringer on offense is – gone. Corby Meekins has been reassigned, and I've heard that uh, probably the plan is for him to do something else beyond being in an administrative role at Texas beyond this year, but that's where he's been reassigned mm-hmm. to for right now. Tim Beck is still on staff, but has had the offensive coordinator title stripped from him. And so you're having to shuffle some things. Andre Coleman will coach wide receivers in the bowl game. Jeremiah George, defensive analyst, if that name sounds familiar, it should. Former All-Big 12 linebacker at Iowa State. Fourth-round okay. draft choice of the Jets, I think 2014. Uh, he's been with, you know, he co- played under, you know, Tom Herman was the OC uh, when he was at Iowa State for a year. Been with Yancey, was with Yancey McKnight his whole Iowa State career. So that's where that tie-in came from, him coming over. So he'll be the linebackers coach. Craig Niver is the interim defensive coordinator. And Brian Carrington has been activated as the temporary 10th assistant to go out on the road and recruit. But, Rod, that's good. the big news in all this is Tom Herman's making changes. Tom Herman sat down, did some reflection, and realized things needed to change. And 
kind of checking with our sources because we had been reporting, you know, really through the last week and the last couple of weeks, things were going to change. There were going to be changes, and we had an idea of what they were going to be. Just didn't know specifically who and when. Yeah. Now that we know, Rod, I, I think Texas fans should take solace in the fact that Tom Herman realized this program had problems beyond just whatever the coach speak was in press conferences. Tom Herman took a deep dive on this program, at least the start of a deep dive, and realized there are issues at Texas that need to be changed. And for me, the Todd Orlando thing boils down to this, and I heard that you know it was a pretty emotional meeting Tom Herman had with the players when he told them Todd yeah. Orlando was gone. And Tom Herman's never fired anybody before. Right. This is his first time firing somebody. So yeah, this is a big phone. step. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, it was one of those things, though, Rod, and I, we talked about this when things were going really bad for the defense in the middle of the season. And, and I kind of compare it to when you're in one of those relationships, and I've been in one of those relationships in my past where – you're kind of trying to justify some things, and then you usually have that one friend who steps in and says, if you're asking yourself all those questions, don't you kind of have your answer already on what you need to do? Yeah. And I think sure. Tom Herman got to the point, Rod, where he was just on the fence about Todd Orlando and probably told himself, if I'm on the fence this much, don't I already have my answer on what I need to do? Especially with Todd Orlando. Yeah. Um, it, it was pretty odd. The, the offensive one, I think, may be for him because that's his personal expertise. That may be the biggest struggle in terms of him humbling himself in that process of choosing his offense. According to you, choose somebody who's like-minded like you, who has the same ideology, who's, I mean, I think, oh, you just let somebody else take control of what used to be your baby. Um, I, I think that would be tougher for him. The defensive side, I think it was easier for him to extrapolate and go, yeah, that the defense just isn't getting it done, and Todd Orlando has he's just been unable to adapt his system to how teams are trying to attack him these days in the Big Twelve. And I think Tom Herman made the smart move because if you're going to clean house, why keep Todd Orlando around? Even if you think I think he can turn it around, I think he can you know I think he can fix it and he can rectify some of the issues. But if he doesn't then you are, you are ultimately going to get dragged down. Even if you pick the right offensive guy, if he doesn't fix the defense, it's going to drag you down. So I think ultimately the right move was if CDC is going to give you a mulligan, don't use it by saving Todd Orlando. No. Don't use it by saving any damn body. Yeah, he you know, got at this point, point, just save yourself. Exactly. And that's where he's at. <laughs> that's in what his he's career. at right now. And that's why I think there'll be, obviously, and you talked about this too, and I heard you um, on, on the horn, there'll be more changes to come. Yeah. I mean, it's obvious. He's, at this point, I think the message to, talk, to Tom Herman and his staff has been hey, man, if you got a job, go get it. All right. If you can find a job, go get it. Because when, when the moves are made, I can't guarantee I can keep anybody necessarily. Yeah. Maybe I can, but maybe I'll have to out of recruiting purposes. But for the most part, I think you get a new OC. I don't want somebody telling me who my O-line coach is going to be. Right. I'm like, what the hell, man? Exactly. That's, that's, that's one of the most basic tenets of my offense, how yeah. I block my run game, right. how I block my pass game. You're going to give me an O-line coach? Oh, you, so you're basically going to give me an anchor that's going to weigh me down? Dude, nobody wants to come in with that. And you can't bring in the best and the brightest, uh, giving them that kind of, you know, honestly, it might be that kind of disruptor, like where yeah, they're trying to implement their system. And the, the same thing on, you know, running back coach. All right, hang on. Yeah, running back say, coach don't matter. There's I mean, one. There's yeah, one coach on this. Really staff, there's one coach on this staff who, if you if you gave yeah. me money and said go to Vegas and bet on what assistant coach survives this purge, it's going to be Stan Drayton for two reasons. One, or really three reasons. One, I thought he actually did a good job coaching his position this year, especially when you look mm-hmm. at the development Roshan Johnson had. Yep. I think, two, you have zero chance of keeping B. John Robinson in your recruiting class if you let go of Stan Drayton. And as a running backs coach, that's your primary job really is to recruit and get talent because we've talked about how the running back position works. Yep. And then three, if you talk about bringing a new offensive coordinator, as you said, Rod, running backs coach, it is the most seamless transition by far of any of those position coaches. Yeah, you can't you can't do that. So I, I you can't let the so I don't know what's gonna happen to Herb Hand, but I know every offensive coordinator that I have known or know of there's no way in hell they're gonna let you pick their O line. Your most important yeah. hire is an OC. You could argue it is in the modern I mean? day, like because like there used to be the no idea way. of well, you can go get an all star staff, but that's been proven at all levels to be something that's not gonna work out because you have to have that continuity. You have to yeah. philo- philosophically be on the same page in a line. So then, if you really are trying to go all in with whatever is the next thought at that side of the ball on both sides of the ball, you need to have somebody that has at least autonomy on being yeah. able to decide if. 
we go in this direction, I need these blocking schemes. I need this type of coach. I like these guys. X and fill in from there. But the main thing that I took from Herman's decision coming out came out really quickly, and it was at the point we knew changes would probably be made, but you really didn't know any of the timetables. And then whenever it happens so fast, it just sort of shows the mind space where Tom Herman was in his head, knowing the urgency that it's sort of right now we always talk about the idea, well, once you start making staff changes, it's sort of your last hand to be played whenever you're dealing. And he knows, I mean, you have a year left and you can't mess this up and doesn't want to be reactive. And a lot of the time you've seen coaches be reactive, but sometimes you don't get a chance if you are reactive. So he at least tried to get in front of it at the end of this year as fast as he could once the season was over. So, And then Texas in line to be able to get really whoever they want also because of the other way the dominoes will fall. You know, Rod, you mentioned something about Tom Herman you know, really getting the mulligan. And every Texas head coach has gotten their opportunity to kind of either reinvent themselves or yeah. have an athletic that. director of administration say, hey, yeah. here's a blank check. Go do what you need to do. And – you can do that one or two ways. You can do what Darrell Royal did and go with the wishbone. You can do – Mac Brown did this a few times, whether it was like we talked about bringing in Greg Robinson and Dick Tomey or bringing yeah. in Will Muschamp. And then the other side of it was kind of the, the reinvention in 2011, which, which didn't really work. John Makovic once had a blank check to go get a defensive coordinator. He promotes Bobby Jack Wright, and you get four and seven, and Mac Brown ends up at Texas yep. because of that season. But the, the thing that, that really – sticks out to me when you talk about getting a mulligan Tom Herman made the decision that Charlie Strong and Mac Brown didn't and you go back going from 12 to 13 mm-hmm. Mac Brown was in the same position with Manny Diaz like as bad as that 2012 defense was yeah and we all kind of saw the writing on the wall when you bring in Greg Robinson as an analyst and, and, and but at that point Rod it's like well if you have that little faith in your coordinator why are you still trusting him to run your defense yeah and the same thing was true with Charlie Strong Mm-hmm. Going from year one to year two, we all knew Sean Watson. We knew it was a bad hire when it was made. Well, the Tim Beck thing it felt, felt like that too. Remember, yeah. we, we basically made that comparison to Sean yeah, Watson. That's why this Beck, is... They had come from the same, almost the same, like both Nebraska guys. Both Nebraska guys. Yeah. And it was one of those deals where it was like, well, okay, you've got a chance, Charlotte Strong, to redo this, but then you keep Sean Watson, you bring in Jay Norvell, and it's just kind of, well, it's kind of blind. That's no disrespect to Jay Norvell, but yep. it was just kind of a blah move when you really could have gotten outside the box and really gone about trying to to upgrade your offense, you didn't do it. And that cut down on the, the time you had left to get it right. And it was max last year, and we knew Charlie was on a hot seat mm-hmm. going into 16. And those relationships. And, and hiring Sterling Gilbert was kind of the last ditch ever. But this is Tom Herman saying, look, if I'm going to do this, do I'm going to completely yep. hit the reset button, yep. and we're just going to start from scratch and, and, and make this work. It shows you humility right there. Yeah. I think he's willing to admit, like, you know what? It didn't work. My first approach was wrong. I was, yeah. I was, I was wrong. wrong in So I don't know if he's going to go the opposite. That's the thing about it. Is he going to go in the, kind of the opposite direction and now be a CEO, hire someone on offense to run their offense, you know, make their own hires and do – and he'd be more of a quality control guy or is, you know, he's still going to hire someone that, hey, man, they got to think like me. They got to be like me. They got to have my philosophy and my ideology. And I don't know if that what's right or wrong. I'm just saying, yeah. you know, yeah. that, that's it's interesting to, to see where it's going to go at that yeah. point, being especially that he's an offensive minded coach that uh, obviously once. And that's the reason why he was so wanted across the country was because he has it. But it's a great point, Jeff, talking, you know, sort of what I brought up, the idea of being reactive in those previous coaches, sort of waiting in that situation mm-hmm. and le- being skewed sort of by either relationships or not wanting to say admit or give up that you're wrong that quickly, but then you really totally just erase the entire next year if you make that wrong mistake and done. And this is the first time where you do it. And seeing him do it to the people he did it to, that he has actually long-term relationships with that even, say, Mac didn't have with Amani for to do with Orlando and Beck. That's something that just shows in his mind space the urgency was at the Supreme for Herman to make that decision. You're at the point now, Rod, this entire defensive staff could get blown out. I mean, there's no... There's nobody um, that's safe. I don't necessarily see the why you wouldn't. Right. I mean, there's yeah, there's nobody. Coaches right now too. Yeah. And, yeah. So before we get to the offense, because I think that's more intriguing for a lot of people, the defensive coordinator search. I don't know that there is going to be one really. Really? To me, there's only to me there's only oh, three. That's mistake number one. Well, to me, there's only three names worth talking about. Well, then that's a search. 
Uh, you act like it was gonna yeah, be yeah. one guy. He's, he's, three he's just, well, he's but just hear me out. Yeah. No, but you're there, right. There, I, I was wondering the same thing. Yeah, we like, three. What? It's a three man. There's three, three, there's yeah. three names worth talking about. Yeah. Uh, Morgan Scaly at Utah, mm-hmm. I think, is a guy that is, is intriguing for a number of reasons. Uh, Barry Odom, the recently fired Missouri head coach, really good defensive coordinator, but all signs right now are pointing to Chris Ash and Chris Ash. Really, and, and you know, I think. If Chris Ash is the hire, whenever that's announced, if he is the guy, you know, Rod, I think every Longhorn fan should look forward to once you cyber stalk a new coordinator, what mm-hmm. that research <laughs> reveals, because it's usually been pretty telling. But to me, you know, when you look at Chris Ash's background, a lot of people are going to get hung up on the 8 and 32 record he had as, as, as the head coach at Rutgers, but he's been around the program for a little bit, he knows the personnel. He would have a good idea of how to deploy his scheme. And, yes, for everybody wondering, Chris Ash is a primarily four-down guy. He'll run primarely a four-man front. Uh, more ridiculous. It's so funny that people are so consumed <laughs> by one or the other. Well, the two best defenses in the Big 12 run three-man fronts. Exactly. Baylor and Iowa State's like, oh, can't do it. It's like, okay. Or right, as if wait. there's just Oklahoma, right Oklahoma, Oklahoma runs a three-man front. I know. It's, I know. It's so record. ridiculous. It's like, that's not the reason you're breaking up with it. Just admit the reason you're breaking up with it because the sex is bad. Don't, don't, <laughs> don't try to, you know, yeah. try, you know what I mean? don't try to dress it up. Uh, but, you know, Chris Ash is, you know, four-down four quarters guy. And but the thing that intrigues me the most is kind of doing some research and, and working the phones a little bit. I was under the impression that Ohio State, the two years he was there, I was under the impression Luke Fickle called the defense. I was told he did not. I was told it was Chris Ash. Chris Ash, the year Ohio State won the national oh, championship, really? made a really big difference on what they did defensively. Yeah. So if that's the hire, that makes me feel better about the I guy didn't know that either, Tom Herman is bringing yeah, in. I didn't Hell, he should have got the interim job instead of Fickle. Yeah, I did research on it, but I didn't. I, I couldn't actually figure out who was calling. I think it was the assumption it was Luke Fickle that was calling the play. Yeah, okay. and, and I was told it was never something Urban Meyer would admit publicly. Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, it was Chris Ash was calling the defense. One thing is what I, I was told when I've done the research on Chris Ash's system, and I and I, and I like the system, obviously, because I've done you know enough research on it. But the one thing that concerns me is that he needs quick twitch linebackers. That's one of the things that he needs, and you get that at Ohio State, right? You get quick mm-hmm. twitch linebackers that are fast. They can pretty much do everything. They can cover. They can do it. They're NFL caliber linebackers. What's been one of the toughest things we've said? It's been it's been hard to find recruiting here at Texas, even in this culture here in Texas. And to get to come to inside Texas. linebackers that can do it all, right? Well, yeah. that, that that are your Gary Johnson ideal types, right? Even Todd Orlando had a hard time finding those. So I'm just kind of what I'm looking at because I, I think all these guys are good candidates. I mean, I have a longer list than what should be a longer list than you. My my list goes. I mean, I got eight guys on here, but I won't go over all of them. We'll stop at like five. I think number one, Chris Ash probably is the guy. I'm upset that Chris Peterson just retired because I love Jimmy Lake yeah. <laughs> right? at yeah. Washington. He is fantastic. I was loving that, but now if he's going to end head. up being the interim head coach, well, he is the head coach, waiting, yeah. then that's going to uh, he's not going to take no. that job. I really do love Morgan Scally at um, Utah. at Utah, but he's a Utah guy. Played there from Utah. Played at Utah. Uh, I, I don't know if you're going. And everybody knows Whittingham at one point is going to retire soon. I don't know if he leaves that. He's the coach in waiting, and he's home. Probably. Player. And the thing that intrigues yeah. me, here's. I love, I, I love his defensive scheme. I love, I love, the, Scally I love the scheme. And yeah. here's the other thing I like about Morgan Scaly a lot mm-hmm. is, number one, he's recruited the state of Texas for a really long time. Yeah. And two, you know there's certain coaches that you kind of bird dog. Like if Cliff Kingsbury offers a quarterback, i got to be like, okay, what do I, 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 I missed no something with that guy. Or yeah. if, like, people can say what they want. Like if Art Bryles offered a wide receiver, be like, okay, what, what am I missing there? Mm-hmm. If Utah offers a defensive kid in the state of Texas, hmm. I gotta go watch film right away. I agree with like, you on that. And, and that's one of those things like you bird dog certain coaches based on who they offer. If Utah offers a kid in the state of Texas defensively, go watch film immediately because no, no, totally there's something there. And I, and and so I uh, that's see my list. That's my third uh, guy. I think Phil, Phil Snow should be on that list at Baylor. Phil Snow's the real deal, man. People haven't done enough research on him. Phil Snow's defensive scheme works. Worked at Temple. Brought them to one, a top twenty defense. Baylor, same way, and I like you probably bring in Frank Olcam as a D-line coach there, and he's done a great job, as you mentioned, with that D-line. I also, you know, I think John Heacock should be at the top of the list. People are, 
I don't know why John Heacock is not at the top of the list. That's crazy. Everybody is copying this dude's scheme. Brent Venables is going to Iowa State to copy his scheme. Baylor's copying the damn scheme. Texas is copying the damn scheme. Why the hell don't you go get the guy that basically has popularized that scheme in the Big 12 where it's already been, you know, you've already basically had him test out that pilot, that that system against every def- or every offense in the Big 12. Yeah. I don't, I don't see. I don't know why Texas won't decide John Heacock should be on that list. He's he's on there with me, and um, I think that might be about it actually. But you bring, after that, you get into like the Charlie Strongs, and I'm not a, Barry Odom. I'm not a big fan. I don't think a lot to you. Well, that Barry Odom. I, I think they. I think you, I got. I think I named like four or five of the guys I take over Barry Odom right there. Yeah, huh? and you bring up Heacock right there, and then talking about Scaly and just the fits with the Big Twelve. I think is something that's key because I started thinking about it because this has been a revolving door for defensive coordinators for a decade. And if you look at first, like say a guy like Heacock, this familiarity with defending mm-hmm. the Big Twelve, and then like a guy like Scaly, who say he's been one Pac-12, that baby. Pac twelve and understands yep. the and style. And Jimmy Lake too. And then so that's the type him. of idea that there's familiarity. It isn't as if you're going – because I think a big mistake that was made for about a decade and just like the same way in the NFL that was made with not identifying and working your personnel to your groupings was just going and getting the biggest defensive coordinator. But regionally, the SEC or, say, East Coast football is so much different than what we've seen. So you can be that good and have a great accreditation and all the whatever bona fides you want to put out there, but still coming to the Big 12 and even when you brought up a system fit of play. Players like say, well, you know, but you're gonna be able to get those linebackers to play at Texas. Yeah, maybe and you can stuff. go up to Ohio and get and, them. I'm just saying, but like, no, yeah. but that's a great point because not only am I wondering now about if defensive coordinators maybe also maybe not want to go to because it's really hard. Why would you want to go to the conference that's at the forefront of offensive football? And yeah. it only is going to be like if you are good, you're it's only going to be average. It's ultimate challenge, true. But, but just talking it made me value. think about exactly, <laughs> and it's a tougher job to be done. So if you totally deciding between coin flips between two schools same thing with linebackers the same point you made and it made me think about it whenever well you go to Ohio State it's like well yeah if you're choosing between two you maybe don't go to the Big 12 and it's just going to be a deterioration at that level but I think it is something that could keep Texas from being able to build upon something if they're never able to get it because then if you're good you're a stepping stone and you're gone immediately yeah I was just thinking Morgan Scally is a young guy but he's been in the coaching game so long long it seems like he's he's just kind of an old soul. I forget that he played with Alex Smith at Utah. Yeah, like yep. that's just it's hard for no. me to wrap my yeah, head. Yeah, a long time ago. Long and I don't think I don't think he's leaving Utah. No, I don't no, think no, he's no. leaving I, because I don't think so. yeah, I think he's just too not too comfortable. But he's built something there, and basically he's the heir apparent there. The pride I, I don't think he deep. leaves that 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 place where they've kind of built that program up and the Whittingham family, like. Kyle Whittingham, the dad. They were just running the same system that yeah. Kyle Whittingham's dad ran like 25 years ago. And then Kyle Whittingham was the DC, yeah, and now Morgan so, Scally's the DC. Uh, I don't oh, think that's going to. And it didn't worry, worry me about the Jimmy Lake thing. And I, I love that Washington defense. But man, if you can't go get them big Polynesian, Samoan mm-hmm. uh, D tackles that they be getting, and mm-hmm. be like, that's crazy. Like, no, no, no. They're gro- they they probably them in USC probably have, and you at Utah actually too probably have one of the best pipelines for the Polynesian Samoan players yep. who are really good on the D go line. Go look at some of them nose Washington that one take, yeah, exactly. Utah, it's, man. it's been it, Danny you know, Shelton or yeah, Vita Vea. Washington plays like a two have a, a two man front sometimes. Mm. Dude, th- those guys got to be able to eat up blockers and demand a double team. And what's one of the things that's been really hard to find here in the state of Texas? Those big war daddies. So I'm just saying you got to keep it. Those little things you got to keep in mind and ask them what's your plan if you need a quick twitch linebacker and we ain't got one. Well, you know what? DeMarvion Overshaw is going to be my quick twitch line. You know what I mean? You got, mm-hmm. If he doesn't have a, an answer for those questions, like Matt said, make sure he is well adapted and has done his research about this conference because this is the most, this is the premier offensive conference in the country. And dude, there are about five or six offensive minds in this conference that will carve any good <laughs> defensive mind up. And yeah. they, we've seen it in bowl games. Yes. We've seen them get, get, get carved stuff. up with these concepts. Yeah, we can, we can talk about all the names we want for defensive coordinator. I just don't think it's going to get beyond. It should go, John Heacock should get a call. If you don't do don't, any damn thing else, I don't disagree with you. Call John Heacock. And you know what? Phil Snow, I'm telling that Baylor, man, he's a real deal. I don't know if he'll leave Matt Rule because I think him and Matt Rule got a plan together. Yeah. They've been together for a while since Temple. But that guy should get a call, too. Yeah. Like I said, I, I, don't, I, I don't disagree with you, Rod. I'm just telling you what, how I think. I know, but that's, that's how are. the search goes. If, that, if it is indeed only three, that is a mistake.
All right, guys, let's take a break. But on the other side, we'll come back with more Texas football talk as we continue running down the state of the program. You're listening to Longhorn Blitz with Horns 24-7. Welcome back to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Once again, Jeff Howe. People want to know how Texas breaks this cycle of, of just this perpetual rut that this program mm-hmm. is in. And to me, it's no different. When you look at, take any blue blood program you want when they've had down stretches. USC, Notre Dame, Florida, Alabama, Ohio State's very rarely had them, Michigan. Yeah. Go go look at it. Take any blue blood program that's had long stretches of, of mediocrity. Of mediocrity or yeah. just being bad. Average or bad, mm-hmm. yeah. It's when a coach comes in and when it gets turned around, when it's when coaches come in and they don't humble themselves to the job. They have a blueprint. They have a plan. And my plan, what did Tom Herman say when he took the job? Only the people can mess this plan up. When you yeah. look at guys like a Mac Brown, like a Pete Carroll, like a Steve Spurrier, it's okay. It's the understanding that these jobs aren't just add water and mix. Because if they were, anybody would come here and win 10 damn games every year. Yeah. It's understanding that my plan, ha- I have a plan, yes, but that plan has to be adaptable. Mm-hmm. I have to be able to relate to people. Yeah. I have to hire the right guys. And you know something, Rod? I know we talk a lot about John Harbaugh on this podcast. You talk a lot, of, a lot yeah. about him on your show. You know the one thing, and I heard this, and I don't want to get too far down the NFL rabbit hole, but they're talking about the one thing that separates John Harbaugh from Jason Garrett. Because oh, we grew Jason, Jason Garrett, <laughs> Jason Garrett, but the rudimentary level. Like Jason Garrett's a smart guy, Princeton educated. Yeah, he's a smart guy. Okay. Do you know what makes John Harbaugh smarter than Jason Garrett? Because the smartest coaches know they're smart enough to know I don't know everything. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to surround myself with people who do know everything. Who yep. do know, they know they have this area of expertise and they have this area. Bill Belichick has Ernie Adams and all these guys mm-hmm. that he leans on because he knows he doesn't know everything. Yep. Tom Herman's got to get to that point. And we talked about this last week where in terms of making changes, we, we talk about alignment and all this other stuff. You could talk about being alignment, but is alignment, is that code for you just got a bunch of yes men around you? Yeah, totally agree. Tom Herman needs people in the meeting room and in the recruiting department and in the strength and conditioning pro- program to tell him, no, we are doing this the wrong way. We need to do it this way. Or we need to think about doing this different. Yeah. yeah. That's the kind of guys Tom Herman. But then you gotta have people you can trust to do that. Exactly. And all the guys he trusts, he just is letting go. So the challenge for him is yes. going to be because he doesn't have that safety blanket or that comfort zone to go, this is a guy I trust. Now maybe he will and maybe he'll bring on people he trusts, which I think in this situation could be a mistake because I don't know if those are truly upgrades. Those are just people like you said yeah. that he sickle fans, well, people that may be around him telling them what he wants to hear. He's going to have to get out of his comfort zone, much like Ed Orgeron did when he hired Joe Brady. That's what the beauty mm-hmm. of it was, right? Ed Orgeron, everybody knew what – everybody knew – you talk about those four tenets you know, of, of building a great program. LSU had three of them and always has had three, right? Their culture is great because ever since Saban, we know the identity of LSU football. Great damn defense. NFL players all over. Wes Miles won a lot of games. All right, exactly. All right, um, you know that they have great talent acquisition, and you know they have great talent development. The NFL shows you that through the draft. The one thing they've always been missing in terms of is giving them a great scheme, specifically offensively, mm-hmm. that gives them an advantage. They got it this year. Now they got what? All four clicking at a high level. They got the talent acquisition. They got the talent development. Great damn culture, and now. They got the scheme After advantage. Coach reevaluated and his everything. And, and honestly, they like they're going to win a national chat and title, and they'll probably end up with the Heisman Trophy winner. And that's that's kind of what you know I'm getting at. And, but the point is, Edwards Run reached out of his comfort zone. He didn't want to put pull LSU into the 21st century of offense, but he had no choice because he's in the shadow of Bama and everybody there. The standards keep putting pressure on you. That's what made Mac Brown good, right? Pressure it creates diamonds. It brings out the best in people. When AM won the Big 12 title in his first year, Mac Brown went, damn. I gotta get it going, all right. And then his uh, in his third year, I believe that's when uh, Stoops wins the national title. Man, Mac always had pressure because yeah, of that. Immediately, forget A and M was still doing their thing back then, and, and and Oklahoma was a was new in terms of that offense and in terms of them coming back to prominence so quickly. So Mac always had pressure. I think it's what what forced him to tweak the model, continuously tweak it, tweak yep. it, tweak it, tweak it. And I think with LSU. Same thing with, with Urge Run, man. He's just tweaking it. But you got to get outside your comfort zone to do that. Yeah. Even with Mac, getting outside Mac's comfort zone was letting V.Y. take hold of that team. The one thing he didn't let Chris Sims do, who was a great leader too, was have the team. It was never Chris Sims' team. It was either Chris's and Major's team or Mac's team. Mac would come out there and do the post-game press conference for him when he had a bad mm-hmm. game. No, 
Let him go out there and, and, and you know what I mean? Let him face up to it himself. And when VY came on the scene, I think Mac learned. I think Mac evolved and learned. I got to let I gotta let VY have this damn team, man. I recruited a dog. I recruited an alpha. Let the alpha go run the rest of the alphas. And mm-hmm. that's what happened there. I think So it's all about, like you said, I don't know what Tom Herman needs to tweak. I'm not looking at him in the mirror. All right, yeah. I'm not looking at you, Tom. That's on you. Yeah. You got to be humble. Brian Kelly did the same thing. Brian Kelly in that 2016 year. Yep. They go at four and eight, yeah. and he decides, all right, you know what, I got to change everything. Fires his strength and conditioning coach, fires his OC, his DC, fires his special teams coach, everybody gone. It was just him and himself looking in the mirror. What the hell is wrong with me and my program? Because ultimately what's wrong with that program is what's wrong with you. Yeah. And that's, <laughs> that's where that's the biggest the reevaluation point. What's wrong with this program? That's why Mac never kind of realized late. It's you, Mac. And Mac now has realized. He tells you oh, now, yeah. I'm a better coach than I ever was. Because that 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 time off to he had to go self-reflection. He had time to think about where he screwed up. Yeah. When you got have you ever been to jail? One thing about going to jail, mm-hmm. all right, is why you, when you first get to jail, you're mad and angry at the world because why are you in jail? I'm in jail because because of this person, because of that person. Then the man's got me in jail. And then the longer you're in jail, you stand there close to you know, 18, 20 hours, you realize, damn, what's my fault? Why, why? I think I'm the reason I'm here. What's <laughs> my role in my own self-destruction? And I think Mac realized that later. And I think Tom Herman's at that point now. What role did you play? Yeah, yeah, I know you fired your OC, your OC in D.C. It was some of their fault. But what role did you play? You did some of this. Dabo Swinney did it in 2010. They went 6-7, and seven, and Dabo admitted, man, I, you know what? I, Billy Napier was a good offensive coordinator. I just butted in too much, and I butted in too much, and me, him, we didn't mix, and we weren't compatible, and that's why everything screwed up. And then he hired Chad Morris. He's like, I'm going to let Chad Morris run the show. I learned. I'm a, you know, I'm an offensive guy, but I'll, 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 I'll twerk some things. I'll suggest some things, but it's his show. And boom, they moved on, and then later on he hired Brent Venables. They've won 11 games, at least 11 games since every year. So. It's, 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 you, it's you, Tom Herman. Yeah. It's, it's that tipping you, point that we talked about yeah. last year with these coaches, and sometimes coaches I'm, are able to persevere on yeah. the other side. Sometimes it doesn't work out, but it's right like, now— It may not work out. And just from our conversation and talking about this last week till right now, I like to see where it's headed because it, it was very quick, and his urgency to do this was. was something that it showed that it was on the forefront of his mind, and it makes me think how, the same way that after you heard, like, Ed O had to admit just like, I don't, I don't believe in the spread— it's against everything in the football, but I cannot stop it. I have to <laughs> sell my soul to the devil. And go. like there he did, and yeah, it's yeah. The- Gary Patterson did it. He did it. Remember in 2014? Well, he yeah. didn't like the spread of the air raid. Yeah. But you know what Gary Stoops. Patterson liked a lot better? Being the head coach at TCU. Boom. <laughs> Hi, Cumbie and Meacham. I think they what, won, won 12 games? They won the conference. They won the conference. Even year. Stoops on the front end. Mm. And honestly, even though even those, the- even those Oklahoma yeah. teams, since, since they came in the league, if you look at the Big 12, it's currently constructed of all the teams since the start of 2012. That 2014 TCU team is probably the best Big 12 team I've seen. That was a good one because it was a top. I think it was a top 10 defense too. Yeah, yeah, that was that, that was a nasty team. They should have played in the yeah, playoff that year, but wasn't that the year Urban Meyer? That was Meyer the year Ohio in? State. Yeah, yeah, they won it. This stuck it in. So yeah. I, I can't say that. That's a good point. Good point. If they if they yeah. if they don't blow a fourth quarter lead in the Baylor game. Yeah. They they're they're playing they're, they might be playing for a national championship. And, and speak, they might win the damn thing. And you know, when speaking of pressure, that's why I said this is good for Tom Herman because we'll learn if he's a real deal or not. Because Baylor's, Baylor and Matt Rule are putting a ton of pressure on them right mm-hmm. down the road. Uh-huh. Oklahoma and Lincoln Riley continue to do their thing. All right, LSU. so they just continue to put pressure on. And now, yeah, the ascent of LSU now. And I'm telling you, you better get back to talent development because if you if you don't think LSU is going to start now taking quarterbacks. From Texas and skilled offensive talent from Texas, you're crazy. They've always come and gotten kind of defensive guys because that's their culture. They recruit like, hey, you want to go play in the league? Come play defense at LSU. Everybody agrees with that. Now they can pitch. Hey, you want to make the league on offense? Come play at LSU. Yep. You want to win the Heisman? Come play at LSU. You know we got the best young offensive mind other than Lincoln Riley in the country. They won't you want to tear up the Riley, best but defenses? yeah. So my point is, they're gonna take, they're gonna start stealing yeah. some of Texas's talent, man. They're gonna start stealing it. So Tom Herman, you better go. You you ain't got much time. That's why I think he's like, I'm firing him right. I'm firing my guys right now. Yeah, you don't have a ton of time. If there, he if flipped it. It was all the pressure was on him. Then now it's all the way off, and it's looking towards the future and being hopeful again as a fan base. When a week ago it was totally flipped, and all the pressure was on him. You had to work at a place like Texas, right? And that's why I think we're in an age where I don't know if you're going to get 
you know, a Mac Brown to stay to place 15, 16 years because yeah. I, these guys are going to burn out so fast because, yeah. like, that's what that's, that's why totally that's why Urban Meyer like works. Saban. That's why Urban Meyer works himself into the damn has one yep. foot in the grave by the totally time he good. leaves. Yo, Chris the job. Peterson just decided, man, I need a break. Yeah, I mean, I'm out that's I mean, that's, and I know people <laughs> yeah. are going to make the Urban Meyer jokes, but like that's that's what happens. Like that's how. No, I totally agree. That's with how you. hard it is. I mean, that's why. Yeah. Like, I I'm amazed. Like, I'm amazed. Like Nick Saban hasn't had a damn heart attack. I agree. Jim Harbaugh. Look at Jim Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh literally feared for Urban Meyer last during that Maryland game, I was texting. It was scary seeing he was grabbing his chest and bending over yeah. like how there were times where there were times where you look at Bob Stoops and I be like, you. man, I wonder if he's just gonna no, I totally agree fall over on the side. I know they're making big bucks, but it is a high stress job. And and you know, it, it, even one. East talked about his show. I mean, you talk about in the state of Texas, honestly, dude, people care more about what what Texas. Texas head coach is doing, then they care about what the governor's doing. I mean, it's oh, just, yeah, for sure. It's re- you know what I mean? The Cowboys or head the coach president. is probably at this top, but I'm talking about in the state of Texas. That's mm. how, but that's how stressful that job is. Everybody's watching you, man. Your little head button you, incident. He never thought that would go and viral. He's like, that's oh, not dude. a big deal, dude. You're at Texas. You're the head coach at Texas. But that whether, is going viral. You'll yeah. be talking about it on ESPN. I did it years ago. Well, you but didn't do it with the Longhorn <laughs> Network watching, <laughs> or like this year when you scratch yourself and then go to exactly. shake McConaughey's hand. Exactly. How about that? That was just a scratch. Again, showing he doesn't realize, and I know it's stupid. He doesn't realize the magnitude of it. It's it, crazy because he was here. Yeah, and I don't know if it's if it's stick or, or, yeah, or he's doing bits buddies. or what. But it's like when we ask him his first year, he's like, "Well, does it does it really matter who's calling the plays?" Yes, yeah. Tom. <laughs> it, it, it really does matter yeah. around here who's calling the plays. You know why? Because when it goes bad, people want to know who they need to blame. Yeah, exactly. that's why. That's why people <laughs> oh, care. He knows now. Yeah, he knows now. He, uh, yeah, I think he did. He was kind of naive coming into the yeah, job. Does like, it really matter when I name a starting quarterback? Yeah, yeah. It, he, it really does. He was I'm stuck in between. Piece on it. Yeah. He's like, even though, like, well, conceptually, why does it matter? It's like because these people are going to be very angry if you don't tell I, them. I, I, it's all, and that's why he needs to. That's why be humble. Reach out to Mac. And I, he's already said he's reached out to Mac. But reach out to Mac. I know you and Urban Meyer may not be on best terms, but Urban Meyer will have a conversation with you. He'll drop you a little nugget of wisdom, even if he's not really trying to. Go reach out to Bill Belichick. They they will accept the call of the University of Texas head coach. You know what I mean? Even if they're busy, they'll they'll give you three call, minutes. Call Kyle Shanahan. Kyle Kyle Shanahan. He's a lifetime long one. I know he'll take the call. Call Sean McVay. Call all of a sudden say, hey, man, I just need some advice, or I need you to drop me a name of a young, bright offensive or defensive mind, even if I could bring him on as a co or something like that. Like, you know, if you got anything for me. And, and, and you know what? I'll tell you, it's a good old boys network. They're going to be looking for it. It's almost like, mm-hmm. you know, La Cosa Nostra. They're always looking. Do I'll do you a favor, but look, hey, uh, don't worry. I'm going to call you one day don't for forget a favor. My name. I'm going to have a nephew or a cousin. They're going to need a job. And I'm going to say, you know what? You want to coach linebackers at Texas? Oh, let me make a call. Hey, you little Hulk, you want to come be That's my the way the coaching game works, man. It's just yeah. favors on favors. So go cash in those favors right now. And you know, don't be don't don't let arrogance be a part of this process. That's what I my biggest appeal to Tom Herman. Forget arrogance, man. Be humble. Be willing to learn. Be willing to listen to any and everything because you never realize what's gonna be, give you the epiphany. Like that's it. Exactly. That's what's going on. That's what that's the issue. But that I mean, this, this thing can be fixed. Under oh, Tom no Herman. question, it can be. But like like we've talked about, it's going to take him Ooh. really looking in the mirror. And and Rod, I think you put it best. Like. As a head coach, when or it's no different if you're a CEO or whatever, when there's something wrong with the company, there's probably something wrong with you. Yeah, it's like a, being a parent. Like when you're something's happening with your kid, it mm. sucks. But honestly, that usually means that that a little. And, and obviously, there's some exceptions if something physically is going on. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about your kid going through some emotional, like you know, a kind of stress, or they're you know acting up or acting out. Usually, that means like something's happening within the relationship that you have with the child, the communication, something like that. So that's uh, Tom Herman's got to have that moment. Like, is it is it an, a deficiency in me as a a, a coach that is causing you know ripple effects throughout. But the I, I wrote this after the Baylor game. There can be no stone left unturned. Exactly. This thing is Yancey gonna... McKnight's got you. Got to start looking at Yancey McKnight. Yeah. Your strength and condition. Dude, you got a lot of guys injured. Yeah. A lot of stuff going on. You got you got to give a, do a deep dive into strength and conditioning and go. Is Yancey McKnight really my guy? You mm. have to. And my guy's getting bigger, faster, and stronger, but also maintaining a baseline of health where they can contribute. Like, you got to look at that. You got a lot of shoulder injuries, that kind of stuff. Oh, man, I mean, I don't envy them, man. He's going to earn every bit of that $6 yeah. million, that million-dollar bonus he's getting at Christmas. And special teams, you need a new special teams coach. You need a special teams coach, not an assistant. I don't want the. I don't want everybody a little piecemeal doing it. I don't want you to money ball it. No, you need a special teams coach. Your special teams is dreadful, bad, all right? So go get that, too. Dude. He's got a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. But no, look, I mean, OC, 
you know, OC is I, easier. I don't think it's going to be an expansive search. I'm I think with you on that. I yeah. think it's going to be. I think Joe Brady gets a phone call and he says thanks, but no thanks for a lot of reasons. I mean, LSU financially is going to make it really hard for him. I, to I leave. heard 1.5 million thrown around. Yeah, that's the think, number that's been thrown around. Which man, you throw him and Dave Aranda's making 2.4, 2.6, yeah. whatever. But uh, it is. after this season, yeah. everybody will justify it. It won't even be talked about. Right, he'll get a. Uh, it's going to be. It's going to be really hard for Joe Brady to leave. I agree LSU. with that. I don't think Joe Brady's leaving that. Uh, and Texas. Is that the OC at LSU, the OC Texas, a lateral move? Only thing you could offer him is that if we don't know if he's calling a play, say, hey, it's off your offense, you'll call the plays. But something yeah, tells me he's going to be good. Uh, yeah. I'm not, I'm not yeah. too, too worried about that. I'm that. Uh, but I think it's going to be Graham Harrell. I, I think that's the guy Tom Herman wants. Ironically, Texas comes back full, full circle to the air raid. Yeah. Uh, a true leech disciple. They're the last team in the Big 12 <laughs> that hadn't tried it. Well, starting Gilbert was like an offshoot. Nah, but that's veer and shoot. To me, yeah. that's different. No, you're right. They're the last program. In the Big 12 that hadn't tried it. But I will say this the Blue Bloods don't, and I, I said long time ago, I said this will be the coming out party for the air raid because Cliff Kingsbury in the NFL, now all the quarterbacks, those, mm-hmm. you know I mean? A lot of them are yeah. from the air raid offenses uh, uh, from Big 12, and they used to be, you know, mocked back in the day. And USC hired an air raid disciple in Graham Harrell. So another Blue Blood, only two Blue Bloods in the history of college football and, and that and I can track have ran the air raid. You can say three if you want to include the Veer and Shoot, but it's just Oklahoma and USC. Yeah. Blue Bloods usually have stayed away from yeah. the, you know, from the kind of the base air raid. Even if it's, I mean, and everybody's put their own spin everybody's on it, got right? Concepts like from Sonny the Dykes air raid has offense, put his spin on it, a, and Dana Holgerson's yeah. put his, and Lincoln yeah. Riley's got but those his. Those are like but, disciples, direct disciples. Right. This is what you believe offensively is rooted in that Mike Leach air yeah. raid offense. And. Rod, when you start looking at Graham Harrell, and let's just assume that Graham Harrell winds up being the offensive coordinator, which I think right now that's where this search is. The report is, is that he wants he he wants to be considered whether they fire him at USC or they keep him. He said he still wants to be. And you're talking about Clay Helton. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. They yeah. in terms of they right. fired Clay Helton. Yeah. Um, but you look at what Graham, look at what Graham Harrell did at USC. He hired none of the assistant coaches on that side of the ball. None. Yeah. He just kind of got plopped down into it. They hired one new coach, which was Mike Jinks, who was actually. Hired by Cliff Kingsbury before Cliff Kingsbury took the Cardinals yeah. job. So Graham Harrell didn't hire any assistant coaches, is down to third string. a third-string quarterback. Yeah. He beat Utah with a third-string quarterback. Yeah, with that defense. No, yeah. he can light it up now. He can. He gets JT Daniels, what, for one game? Yeah, he can light Two it up. Two games? Yeah. So uh, that, then, to me— just his roots, like you, since you said he had not had uh, hired any of his assistants, and some people may pose the question, wonder if that's po- problematic. Would he be able to put down together stuff? How but, easily a system can be adapted? No, exactly, mm-hmm. and it shows also that you got a guy that literally is ingrained into that culture and into the air raid, but more than anybody, he's as connected and can reach out to the fingerlings of any other coach. That conceptually, if you pick it up, you understand it and you can fit. Click, click. And there's tons they, of those all I, over the place, and Harrell has as good of yeah. clout outside no, right. of Cliffy. And, and and he's actually, I think when he first got there, one of the great stories is, you know, they didn't have a playbook, so everybody, like the old men that were fr- yeah, freaking like, out because the they didn't have a playbook. He's like, what do you mean no playbook? He's like, well, we're teaching some concepts here, and they're like, what? And if you're like for like a week and a half, it was just like the biggest story around there is they never played. It was like, yeah, it's nice when like the 21st century hits you. <laughs> like, oh, it's our, like yeah, it's like the Texas media though, like the same thing asking about the court. Well, who have you named a starter at quarterback yet? This fall, yeah, you know, like some certain questions are going to be there. The same, the same thing happened uh, when Kendall Bryles ended up at Florida State. Like, what do you point. mean? There's no playbook? Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> no, no, really, it was like a huge story. Yeah. Playbook, mm-hmm. yeah, no playbook. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, but no, but I, I, like, I, just, I like I like that. Yeah, I think they use that against Jameis on the blackboard. In my opinion, <laughs> in, in my opinion, uh, best quarterback Mike Leach has ever had. Not just in terms of the numbers, Ooh. but you look at just his understanding of that. And I think Kingsbury included. I don't think Rod, you go from in a couple of years being on an NFL roster to being the offensive coordinator at USC, make it look as good as it did given the circumstances, and you don't have just in outstanding feel and Graham Harrell's respectful like I read an interview when he first took the USC job he's like no he's like he's like if you want to get the air raid you go hire coach Leach so there's still a level of respect but in his defense like Mike Leach is the only person still running like 
the air raid in its true form. Like well, we nobody said, every- ran it in. Nobody ran the air raid like Leach did. Yeah. All, all, everybody no now is a like a subsidiary because Lincoln Rowley, hell, he runs the bar probably fifty five percent of the time. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? So yeah, I mean it's. I agree with you. It's just it's just like different branches of uh, like say is a musical genre. Like so now say hip hop right. There's gangster rap. Then there is uh, there, I think now there's a uh, like pop. Like pop rap, whatever mm-hmm. it is. There's the R and B rap where like Drake is like singing while he raps and all that. Trap, all rap. these different trap, yeah, it's trap music and all. It's different. All these different like subgenres. That's the era. Screwed up. Yeah, that's screwed and chopped. Whatever it is, you know what I mean. Yeah. That's all it is. They're all the, they're all the same though. Dino <laughs> Babers runs a damn era. They all run an era. So you're on. You, if Graham Harrell's the guy, Rod, you're on board. Yeah, I like that. I like the. I mean, I've always been a fan of Air Raid. You got, you know, I've oh, always yes, said it worked. It. It's it, it it works, and I. I mean, now they're just figuring out that it can work at the elite levels of football. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think it's an offense that you can implement, not instantaneously, but very quickly, quickly, and have and have production. That's what Longhorn Longhorn fans don't want to wait. They're not going patience. They don't have it. They're not going to wait for a year for you to implement the scheme and guys to add. No, they want to see production. They want to see I, it right now. I think yeah. beyond Graham Harrell being the offensive coordinator, and I somebody asked me like, what would if you take the pro spread and, and marry it to the air raid, what would it look like? I said you. Ooh, that's pro- good. I said like you that. probably got, in my opinion, probably a more sophisticated version of the Veerans shoot. I would say you'll probably end up having something close to what I know. This sounds weird. If you marry the pro spread with the air raid, and you always say it's always which kind of air raid you're married to. Too, mm-hmm. um, I think you got something that might look something what LSU got. I know it sounds weird. No, I but, can see that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, no, I, they they use a tight end. They they love, but they like the hybrid tight end like Thaddeus Moss. They want he wants that's the tight end that Tom Herman kind of wants. Mm-hmm. And they they got a thousand yard rusher and uh, Clyde uh, was it Edwards Clyde Hilaire? Clyde Clyde Edwards Clyde I always mix it up. Yeah, yeah, you Edwards know what I mean. Hilaire. But yeah, like honestly, I think it that's seems kind of what you're looking Saints for. Two years ago, which yeah. would have been with Brady too, whenever they had Ingram as a power run game, but they also would go with more of conceptual oh. pass and air raid concepts. So I, I got this from. Um, uh, football reference and this is like a run rate the last three years prior to this year Mike Leach percentage of run plays 31 percent from 2016 17 and 18 Lincoln Riley 56 percent so for that's context, why the NFL loves Lincoln Riley and I'll give you some more some, some more area guys so Dino people- Babers is 49 percent uh, Dana Hogerson is at 52 percent the last three years Sonny Dykes is at 43 percent so you, you get the point I mean they yeah. The air raid has evolved. I mean, even yeah. in the NFL, when you look at just run play, pass play percentages, the lowest, 31%, right there with what you said. The highest amount, Baltimore, 55%. Yeah. And you look at where Cliffy is, Cliffy's at 38%. Like, he runs the ball more than eight in, eight other NFL teams. Yeah, that's a good in point. Which conceptually, and that's out of, that's a lot of it's out of 10 four, personnel, four well, wide yeah, receivers. Look at this, which yeah. is crazy. Four wide, he's had 246 snaps in all of football and four and wide in the NFL. The rest of the NFL almost doesn't even have that Yeah, much. you're right. They're not Nobody else has 40. Oh, yeah, somebody's like, at the amount of snaps. Washington's at like 8%. Is that that's 10? it, 20 Seven yeah. percent with the Jets. No, it's like amazing, man. But it's and it, you know what? He was running at like forty two percent. So Cliffy's evolving. You gotta mm-hmm. watch Cliffy's changing things and adapting. Cliffy's doing a great job if you watch him, but people don't care about. Him. No. <laughs> <laughs> Think about how different life would be if Texas beats Texas Tech two years ago. Cliff Kingsbury gets fired instead of rehired. Oh, basically, he's we, probably Tom Herman's offensive coordinator. We, we would have hired him, and then it'd have been great. If he might have left us for a just year, absurd. but yeah. you'd have been. You probably would have won nine, ten games this year. All right, one last break on this week's show. It's time to wrap this thing up and put it in the oven, and we will do that on the other side on Longhorn Blitz with Horns 24-7. Well, look who's home. How was your day, hon? Uh, you know, stressful, exhausting. Lay down on me, and we'll talk about it. Oh, purple mattress. You know how to support me. Hey, I'm just a mattress doing my job. You're more than that. You're a purple mattress. Who cares about a bed with numbers when I have your purple grid to comfort my body's pressure points? And forget memory foam. Your non-toxic, hyper-elastic polymer minimizes heat, keeping me cool and comfortable the whole night through. If you're happy, I'm happy. But you do have up to 100 days to return me for a full refund. And give up the best night's sleep I've had since I learned to walk? No way. You're the only one I want to come home to. Purple mattress. You too can come home to a purple mattress by texting OFFER to 84888. And now for a limited time, receive a free purple product with your order. When you text OFFER to 84888, that's keyword O-F-F-E-R to 84888. Message and data rates may apply. Please do not text and drive. See purple.com for terms and conditions. Asthma symptoms can attack anywhere, like on a city street. (laughs) 
Now you can get fast relief anywhere with new improved Primatine Mist, the only FDA-approved asthma inhaler available over the counter. So whether you need relief of symptoms at the park or at your kitchen table, Primatine Mist starts working quickly, opening up your airways to restore free breathing. For temporary relief of mild symptoms of intermittent asthma, use Primatine Mist and breathe easy again. Available at CVS, Rite Aid, and Walgreens. Use as directed. From ooh to aww, whatever reaction you're looking for this holiday, spread more joy with holiday cards, calendars, and photo gifts from Vistaprint. And now you can get up to 50% off all holiday cards and calendars at Vistaprint.com. Discover cards in the latest trends or fill a calendar with your favorite photos. So make more merry at Vistaprint.com with up to 50% off all holiday cards and calendars, plus great deals on photo gifts. Just enter code HOLIDAY50 at checkout. That's Vistaprint.com, code HOLIDAY50. Message and data rates may apply. TNC and privacy terms can be found at bevel.com slash terms. Please don't text and drive. Have you wanted to speak a new language, but you thought it'd be too hard or take too much time? Then try Babbel for free by texting WORLD to 64000. In just 15 minutes a day, you'll be on your way to speaking a new language in just a few weeks. And right now, you can try Babbel for free. Babbel starts out teaching you words and phrases by matching them with pictures. You won't believe how easy the interactive program is. Soon the sentences get a little bigger, and before you know it, you're having simulated conversations voiced by native speakers. And because Babbel is crafted by language experts and uses the spaced repetition method, in just 10 to 15 minutes a day, you'll be speaking the language of your choice with real confidence. With Babbel, you can speak a language. Just text WORLD to 64000 and start your first lesson in the language of your choice for free. Download the Babbel app or text WORLD to 64000 and try it for free. Text W-O-R-L-D to 64000. Asthma symptoms can attack anywhere, like on a city street. (coughs) Now you can get fast relief anywhere with new improved Primatine Mist, the only FDA-approved asthma inhaler available over the counter. So whether you need relief of symptoms at the park... Or at your kitchen table. Primatine Mist starts working quickly, opening up your airways to restore free breathing. For temporary relief of mild symptoms of intermittent asthma, use Primatine Mist and breathe easy again. Available at CBS, Rite Aid, and Walgreens. Use as directed. Well, look who's home. How was your day, hon? Uh, you know, stressful, exhausting. Lay down on me and we'll talk about it. Oh, purple mattress. You know how to support me. Hey, I'm just a mattress doing my job. You're more than that. You're a purple mattress. Who cares about a bed with numbers when I have your purple grid to comfort my body's pressure points? And forget memory foam. Your non-toxic, hyper-elastic polymer minimizes heat, keeping me cool and comfortable the whole night through. If you're happy, I'm happy. But you do have up to 100 days to return me for a full refund. And give up the best night's sleep I've had since I learned to walk? No way. You're the only one I want to come home to. Purple Mattress. You two can come home to a Purple Mattress by texting OFFER to 84888. And now for a limited time, receive a free Purple product with your order when you text OFFER to 84888. That's keyword O-F-F-E-R to 84888. Message and data rates may apply. Please do not text and drive. See purple.com for terms and conditions. From ooh to aww, whatever reaction you're looking for this holiday, spread more joy with holiday cards, calendars, and photo gifts from Vistaprint. And now you can get up to 50% off all holiday cards and calendars at Vistaprint.com. Discover cards in the latest trends or fill a calendar with your favorite photos. So make more merry at Vistaprint.com with up to 50% off all holiday cards and calendars, plus great deals on photo gifts. Just enter code HOLIDAY50 at checkout. That's Vistaprint.com, code HOLIDAY50. Welcome back to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Here again is Jeff Howe. For Matt, for Rod, for everybody at the Austin Radio Network and the Horn 1049, 1019 AM 1260, streaming on the Horn app and at hornfm.com, where you can get Rod B on the Rodcast each and every weekday from 1 to 3. Chain this plug. Don't forget, thanks to Matt, you can get our archives, all our classic interviews and shows on the Longhorn Blitz SoundCloud page. Yep, type in Longhorn Blitz. Don't forget to find us, search Horns 24-7 podcast. You get us, the flagship state of recruiting, all on one feed. Don't forget to like us, leave us a review. Five stars are appreciated. Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, anywhere you get your podcast. Thank you guys so much. For the Horn family, for the Horns 24-7 family, I'm Jeff Howe. Thank you so much for downloading and listening. We will catch you again on the next episode. You've been listening to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Remember, for the latest Longhorn news 24-7, visit Horns24.